Welcome to the Traveler's Guide to Life podcast, brought to you by Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley, located in Potsdam, New York. Tips for a fulfilling life now until the journey's end. I'm Linda Potter. I'm a volunteer at Hospice, and I'm also a retreat facilitator in the community, encouraging people to have important conversations. And I'm Mary Jones. I'm the Director of Family Support Services at Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley, and I'm an adjunct instructor at State University of New York at Potsdam, and I teach death and dying. Episode 7, Rituals, How to Be Present and Pause. Rituals are practices that help us to be present and say, this is important to me. It can be elaborate or something short and simple. By definition, rituals are established, predictable pattern behaviors that shape our day. My day starts with my morning ritual, and it's if it doesn't happen, the rest of the day just feels discombobulated. Agreed. I have to, I wake up, I stretch, I put on my running clothes, I go for a run, I do stretches again, I take a shower, half a cup of coffee, the dog is waiting, I walk the dog, come back, have my breakfast, roll into my day. If the weather doesn't cooperate, if the dog's not cooperating, if something happens, I, I just feel it. I've lost that pattern that says this is how I start the day. I agree. Um, My granddaughter spent the night on Tuesday unexpectedly, and I always have a routine of getting up at 530. She didn't wake up until six, and she was in bed with me. And you really just lose that whole rhythm of the day. And then I came to work late and into a meeting. I'm like, I'm not I don't have my I didn't have that system in place. Right, right. They uh, you know, and we all have rituals. I think a lot of times we think that rituals are happening within our churches, within, um, you know, only during holiday season. But rituals, they're, they're there all the time. And all I think it's so important to really recognize them and to bring that sense. It's, you know, it, it, they help reduce stress. They help calm our anxiety. They help to alleviate grief for right. people. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's a big part in a the huge grieving, part. bereavement process. Right. Even if you didn't have that ritual to develop that, I know a lot of people, they'll put photos up of their loved one. They'll light a candle in the the morning and at night. And the rituals, because the rituals they perhaps had with that person that's died are gone and they are creating new rituals of how do I move on with my life, moving with that person that's died and not leaving them at the cemetery. Right. It keeps the connection alive. It allows us, it's part of our identity and it's, like you said, it's something that we can evolve and change. You can introduce mm-hmm. into your life at any time. Anytime. You know, I took uh, my dad's T-shirts after he died and had a big quilt made from those. And putting that quilt out and having that and sitting in the chair and having that near me, that feels like a ritual. It mm-hmm. helps keep that connection and that memory alive for mm-hmm. me and has helped me work through my feelings of grief as the years have gone by to, to have that. Yeah. And you, know, you mentioned lighting candles, and especially for me in the wintertime, when we get those early evenings and going around the house and lighting candles and then settling in with a book, yeah. that's an evening ritual for me. That's signaling to me, 
day is ending, we're winding down, and we're moving through how we do this. And that's the one thing I do like about winter is knowing that at the end of the day, it is going to be sitting in the living room on a very comfortable um, couch and with my book of whatever I'm reading and just, right, it's, it's, it's always always a good practice. And I, I think I was telling you about learning a new um, learning system for a SUNY Podstam. And I didn't realize how important ritual was to me um, until it was interrupted for four days, four evenings straight. Mm. Um, I liked the, um, the education, but I was like, oh, I need that downtime to process what mm. happened during the day. And not having that was a very profound. And it's like, wow, that was a great aha moment. Right. Right, and it's, it's our touch points through the day. This mm-hmm. is morning, this is evening, maybe do something special with your meal times with your, your family. Right. But also then throughout the year, the rituals help us really pace how we move through the seasons. You know, right. what you do at Christmas, if that's the holiday, what we do at Thanksgiving. Like mm-hmm. you said, do you use the same recipe every year? Mm-hmm. Do you pull out that particular serving platter? Yeah, Those are rituals, and you know, my kids get excited. If I if I were to alter it and serve, you know, egg rolls for Easter one year, that would not fly. No, no. no. And my kids and that which I think is wonderful, instilling that ritual. If I don't have certain plates out, well, aren't we using the good plates? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, because the food tastes better on the good plates. Right. Yeah. Right. And what and what rituals bring in the background for all of us is that moment to pause mm-hmm. to say you know, I'm la- I'm lighting the symbolic candle. I'm pulling out the special platter. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the bedtime ritual for the kids. This is how we do this. And it gives that place to find, you know, in a way to like find home and to, you know, just calm and be present within that moment. We're going to read stories now and now we'll go to bed. Right. And this is how we move through that. Not that it always holds in the bedtime ritual for kids. I know you may have to do it over and over again. Um, but, you know, throughout our life as we're moving through the journey, Rituals give us that place to mark, this is important, Right. this is my pause, right. and develops a deeper appreciation for the life that you are living. Absolutely. And to introduce that into your Absolutely. life. And again, especially important within the grieving process. It really makes, it really helps people to start finding their way. Mm-hmm. Um, because when somebody dies, it's like your whole world has changed mm-hmm. and nothing's the same. Um, and when you can pull a ritual in, and while it may make you cry when you see the picture or when you use that plate, it's still connecting you um, in a different way, which is really one of the prime um, processes of grief is that you're not, nobody's asking you to let go of them. Mm-hmm. How do you bring them forward in your life? Right. Um, and ritual can be a huge component to that. Before I came to the studio today, I was at a memorial service for someone um, in our community. And I'm always struck by how healing the ritual of a memorial service can be. The, the photos board that you came in and you saw the whole arc of the life and of a marriage in children and grandchildren. Um, but people standing up and telling stories and people sharing that. tears and hugs and laughter. And the memorial service is such an important part. And I know a lot of people, they get to it and they're like, oh, no, I don't want you to have one. No, no, don't go to any fuss. It's really for those who are still left living. Right. And it's an important ritual for people to move through the healing. So as people look at what rituals they want to have or introduce into their lives, as you're looking at your advanced planning, Think about what the memorial service ritual could be and how 
you want to be remembered, one, but what would be healing for those that are left behind to celebrate your legacy? Well, and you think about the pandemic and how people were not able to have um, funerals, and that had a huge impact. And maybe they were people, and I've heard on several occasions, you know, I didn't really believe in all of this, but now that I can't do it, I now realize how important it is. Um, And we often hear of families saying, you know, they didn't want anything, so we didn't do that. And now it's three months down the road, and we don't feel like we've properly said goodbye. And the ritual of saying goodbye includes your community. And that community um, helps you to feel that sense of value that your loved one had. Um, And you can take those stories, you learn a lot. Um, But that ritual of saying goodbye is incredibly important. And it stabilizes us in a way that's unexpected and not always um, embraced or seen, but it is stabilizing you because look at these people who have come and they're sharing their stories and they're making me feel better hearing these stories. Right. Right. So you can claim your own, you can pause and recognize the one you have, the rituals you have, and you can enhance and bring others into it, develop that sense of community and connection. We want to say thanks to the Potsdam Public Library for the use of their podcasting studio. Great books can be found about ritual, about healing, about bereavement at the Hospice Lending Library, right at our, our office, and many, many resources on our website. Which is www.hospicesslv.org. I'm Linda Potter. And I'm Mary Jones. We'll see you on the road.